from Psalm 32. Hear the good news. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Friends, know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Thanks be to God. Sister Sajion, one, two, three. Okay, friends, so we're going to move towards our scripture reading. I just wanted to make a couple community notes. You get the email, so I'll trust that if you're on this call, you know that you get a weekly email or two, and that um, there's links in there. And so uh, if you have someone you know who you think could benefit from just listening in on one of these Zoom worship calls, use that link. Um, use those emails to forward the info to people so that they can get a taste of what we're doing as a church through these complicated and difficult times and where we find our hope. Um, what else? Next week, uh, next week will be the final week of adult Sunday school before there's a break. So the plan is next week during adult Sunday school to talk about um, that break and what might come after it. So if you'd like to get a taste of what that's like, um, Talk to Josiah. He's on this call here. You can chat with him. But, um, you know, so next week would be also, 
you know, in a sense, you can get a taste of it. So if you haven't been on it and you're wondering, oh, what might it be like to join once it starts up again, um, try it out next week at 9.30. I think there's just a little bit of that natural Zoom fatigue for those who have been doing it. It's like, okay, you do the Zoom Bible study and then you do the Zoom church. So just take a little break and stoke the fire of that hunger for adult Sunday school. So we're going to move on with our scripture reading, and Karen is our reader. Karen, are you ready? Yes. Oh, awesome. Today's readings are Isaiah 62.5, Revelation 9.6-9, and Revelation 21, verses 1-8. to They can be found on your screen. This is God's word. As a young man, Isaiah 62.5, as a young man marries a young woman, so will our, your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Revelation 19. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting hallelujah for our God, our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's people. Then the angel said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no, no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Our God of grace, we open up scripture um, with millions and millions of those throughout the centuries who have done so and who are doing so this morning. And we look for your voice. And so we pray that not what we bring into this time and not what we bring to this reading or this text, but what you have designed and determined we need to hear that that would be what we walk away with. And that your gracious love for us 
and our incredible dire need for it would be made clear in some new way, in some fresh way. Because we're all more of a mess than we care to admit. And your gospel tells us that in Christ we are more loved and accepted than we ever imagined. Would you help that to solidify for all of us this morning in Jesus' name? Amen. Um, friends, uh, as we as we think about this passage, we're talking about how the Bible gives us this image of the church. And it is the image of a bride, the bride of Christ. We're going to be talking about a different image each week for the church. And the first one is the bride of Christ. It's a very provocative, very evocative um, image. And before we get into it, I have to use a couple of my minutes. In some ways, I, I feel like, unfortunately, I have to use a couple of my minutes just to deal with the fact that that passage just ended with... Um, really a terrifying verse and what I would categorize as the eternal fires of judgment you know one of those verses and so let me just say just because I know how 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 as soon as something as soon as we hit one of these verses how it just begins like this throbbing thing that we can't see past and like a neon light or something that we can't focus on anything else and so let me just say a couple things about it so we can move on um, in case it put you in an angry or scared or defensive place. Um, first of all, the tone in that verse is a very unusual tone in the Bible. It doesn't happen very often. It's, and, and this, when these verses happen with this kind of tone and the eternal fires of judgment are there, uh, usually in the church, these verses are either ignored, which I don't think is right, um, because they're just uncomfortable, or... Um, they get used disproportionately, um, or they get used, as many of you have experienced, they get used as a way to, um, to terrify spiritually tender souls. Um, and they get used out of context. They get used poorly explained and overblown. And the result is that millions of people come often to the Bible with this view of God as being harsh and vindictive. And so I just wanted to name that and then also notice that it's very complicated to understand that verse in this context and in the book of Revelation. And it's also not central, not only to the theme we're talking about today, but even to the sections of scriptures that we put forward. So I hope that's enough time for some of you. Some of you it won't be. But but let me just draw our attention then to, to the more of the central part of these passages, the fact that there is this bride of Christ. What does that mean? And how are we? How is the church the bride of Christ? How does that speak to us? Notice, uh, let me read a couple of the verses that are really important. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's people. And then in um, chapter 21, verse 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. There seems to be a sense in which the preparation of the church, the church, the church being prepared to meet Christ 
fully someday is similar to a bride being dressed in perfect attire, made to look as beautiful as possible. There's this passage in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, where Paul is writing to a church, and he taps into this analogy. I think it's very insightful. He says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, so sort of like this spiritual monogamy in our relationship with God. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. There's a sense in which this image seems to often deal with the churches in crisis, the churches in trouble, maybe persecution, and there's a call to, to keep on the pure linens uh, that you've been dressed with through Christ. So what's going on here? Well, the bigger picture is that if you, if you follow the Bible story, is that we were made for this kind of union with God. Remember that at the, at the beginning, Adam and Eve are walking along with God. There is this sort of, you know... Um, very close relationship, very engaged. We're meant for union with God in the same way that we are as human beings made for union with others. And so this is a part of the story, but this union, this, this, in a sense, a marriage between us and God is broken early on by our unfaithfulness. And as that gets portrayed throughout scripture in different ways, the most, probably the most fun and most scandalous and most evocative is when it gets into Hosea. Because Hosea is told to enter a marriage. But it's a extremely, it, it, it's a marriage that's um, rigged to fail from the beginning because God has said to marry a temple prostitute named Gomer. So Hosea's life becomes, and Hosea's marriage becomes a picture for God and the people of Israel that, um, the, you're, you know, God in a sense, and Hosea is is marrying and committing to marry someone who feels like, ugh, get these restrictive guardrails of monogamy out of my life. You know, Israel in the Old Testament is viewed this way as saying, um, you know, I, I just can't be bothered with the, with the burden of having to be loyal to just God. And so that's kind of the picture that's being painted. But in that picture, God is like Hosea. So that's pretty amazing. God will commit himself to a commitment-averse community. And somehow the, the promise is this, that somehow, we don't know yet in Hosea, but somehow the marriage will be secure not because of our faithfulness, not because of our purity, but because of God. Somehow God's work on his side of the wedding aisle, his work will make up for our infidelity, our unfaithfulness. How is that going to happen? It's not clear in the Old Testament, but of course in the New Testament it becomes very clear through Jesus because Jesus um, is like the new Hosea. And this is fascinating to think of what happens with Jesus when he goes to the cross Humanity is rejecting him. God is coming to pursue us, and we reject him. But think about it in terms of the marriage analogy, what's happening. It's almost as if 
the bride is saying, ah, I found a way to short circuit this wedding altogether, this marriage altogether. We can get rid of the groom. We can get him out of here and then we'll be free. That's in a sense what's happening at the cross and in God's great, um, totally unpredictable wisdom, the great act of infidelity offing with the groom by the bride, the great act of infidelity actually becomes the secure final definitive wedding vow to all of humanity so that the the killing gets turned into what becomes the sacrifice and becomes talked about as the wedding feast of the lamb and this is the gospel god's incredible unpredictable infinite wisdom that somehow turns the most awful the, the the most awful possible thing humanity could do turns it into our best hope for being reunited with god despite all of our are plunging into infidelity towards him. And so this is what one author says about it. The imagery of the prophet Hosea is now in the New Testament transformed and expanded. The image of his whoring wife has been purified and has now become the great symbol of the church to be presented to God as a spotless bride. And so friends, you the, the, the human dilemma is this, whether you're a church person or not a church person. The human dilemma is, I want to try to make myself look good for the groom. I want to try to make myself presentable, make myself attractive to God. And friends, the call of the gospel is to, you've already been made, you've already been made pure. You've been given the gift of these pure linens You've been dressed with them from the outside, of, your, of not of your own doing. And so each day, your task is just to keep the fine linen of the righteous acts of Christ on yourself and not take them off, and, and to stop chasing after dirty rags. The call is to stop trying to make yourself attractive to God. Surrender to grace. The church is the place where we dispense grace. That's our job. Dispensing grace is so clear in this passage of Revelation, one of my favorite simple verses of the Bible, when it says, To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. That's dispensing grace, and that's Christ's mission. Because we know in the church that if you are drinking deep of, of grace, you will not get lackadaisical. I mean, some people um, worry that if you're too focused on grace, then you won't want to f- do anything in terms of obedience. You'll say, well, it doesn't depend on me. I can live however I want. But that's not, anybody who knows, anybody who's walked the gospel life knows that's, that's impossible. Because every day you marvel anew at the breach of fairness that has brought you this new joy, this radical acceptance, this radical union with God. And so rather than grace saying, uh, making you say, who cares, grace makes you say, today I want to shine beautifully for the groom who won me over. And to whatever is possible from my own efforts... I want to keep shining beautifully for Christ. And tell, I'll tell you, friends, our world desperately needs the bride of Christ to shine beautiful today. The world desperately needs you and us 
as the bride to shine beautifully with humility, with unity amidst all the divisiveness, with compassion all amidst the self-protection, with courage and with genuine listening and concern. Let's take a moment. Um, I'm going to share my screen. Um, let's take a minute to consider what God is saying to us. Just take a minute to consolidate your thoughts around these questions. The, the, um, the last questions there are for further journaling and reflection this week. Let's just take a minute. Friends, let me close with prayer. Our God of grace, we ask that you would make this message of the gospel to be something that has life and that grows and that produces fruit by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we move now to be able to respond to hearing God's word through offering prayers on behalf of our church and the world. The communal response is, Lord, hear our prayer. And you will be invited to join your voices together with the Lord's prayer um, as we finish our time of prayer. Let us pray. Our God of grace, Christ the King, the head of your body, the church, the ruler of all things, to whom we give our trust. Hear our prayers. For those experiencing depression, anxiety, and struggling with mental health, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those experiencing, or for those living outside, needing shelter, medicine, food, water, clothing, friendship, and family. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are convinced that the Bible's God is unloving, accepting, and ungracious, break through our defenses with your mercy and your spirit. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those carrying heavy loads and burdens of parenting, job hunting, teaching, grieving, working on the front lines, governing, or fighting for the livelihood of their business. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who have much to share, we ask that you would teach us generosity. We pray to the Lord. 
Lord, hear our prayer. And for your body, the church, to model compassion, to model unity, and to model resurrection hope in a public sphere where people are scared and people are divided. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Hear us also as we have a chance to join our voices together with the words you gave us to pray, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Our worship continues with an offering time. And so while the musical offering is being played, we use this time of worship to give back to God from what he has given us. Don't forget that we have a special deacon fund um, that is something that you can point others to or you yourselves might be in need of making a request. It's also a fund that you can specify on a donation so that there's enough there to be able to help people in need during this time. Let's frame this moment by joining together with the offering prayer, saying, O Lord, our God, the author and giver of all good things, we thank you for all your mercies and for your loving care over all your creatures. We bless you for the gift of life, for your protection round about us, for your guiding hand upon us, and for the tokens of your love within us. In all these things, O oh, heavenly God, make us wise for a right use of your benefits, that we may render an acceptable thanksgiving unto you all the days of our lives, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Well, friends, um, we come to our time of communion, and let me just make a couple of notes. There's some notes on the screen, obviously, so you can read that. And um, you can also, you know, throughout the rest of this call, when it maybe uh, when the moment is right, feel free to shoot a text message or say hello to someone through the chat. And um, 
because you know there's only we're limited in how we can connect so use this time to just check in with people and show some love um, during this time um, uh, we do bring your own elements during communion during COVID-19 communion so now's the time to make sure those are ready uh, during the communion time we have a couple of things that we used to say and now we're singing them so watch out for that you'll catch on and um, I also just want to say connect what we're doing in this time to what we just talked about from scripture that there was that verse that powerful verse that I read um, let me see where I put the page that had that on it so this revelation chapter 21 verse to the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life so God through Jesus wants to meet us and wants to create union with us and wants to um, feed us and quench our spiritual thirst and so the union with Christ the union between the bride and the groom happens um, whether we like it or not it happens and we can tap into it we can access it we can we can physically become kind of train our hearts to experience it through this time of communion where we come and we feast at the wedding feast of the lamb that's what we're doing in this time we start with the words of faith the Apostles Creed as we have a chance to say our faith together I believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Man, I wish I could hear you guys' voices on that one. We lift them up to the Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. We lift up your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right for us to give thanks and praise. Let us pray. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise. O Lord our God, creator and ruler of the universe, we praise you for your uh, we praise you for saints and martyrs for the faithful in every age who have followed your son and witnessed to his resurrection. From every race and tongue and every people and nation, you have gathered them into your kingdom. You have shown them the path of life and filled us with the joy of your presence. How, how glorious is your heavenly realm where the multitude of your saints rejoice with Christ and we anticipate joining our voices together in praise of you one day in that place as we join in on this song. This is Sanctus. Three and... 
Sent to be our Savior, he took our flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. His words are true. His touch brings healing. To all who follow him, he gives abundant life. When evil sought to destroy him, and he lay in the darkness of death, you raised him from the grave. He is our risen Lord forever. And so, gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, and upon these your gifts of bread and cup. By your Spirit, unite us with the living Christ, our groom, and with all who are baptized in his name, his church, his bride, that we may be one in ministry in every place. Number us among your saints, O God, and join us with the faithful of every age, that strengthened by their witness and supported by their fellowship, we may run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And may with them receive the unfading crown of glory when we stand before your throne of grace. Through Christ we pray. Amen. On the night that our Lord was betrayed, after giving thanks, he took bread. And he broke it, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of of me. After the meal, he took a cup, and in much the same way, he said, This is the cup of a new covenant in my blood, shed for the complete forgiveness of all your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. We have a chance to sing along what's called the mystery of faith. This is the mystery of the faith. One, two, three, and... As you um, have a chance now to partake of the elements, do so either by yourself or with those you're with, or, um, or just take a moment of silent reflection during this song.
right, looks like maybe that song isn't playing, or maybe it will in a second. There we go. Awesome. I think we're on now. This is Satisfied by Grace. This is satisfied by grace. One, two, three, four. Let's sing together. Once more like children we are come to banquet with our God. May each one feel himself at home and feast upon your love while we receive the bread and wine as emblems of your death. Lord, raise each soul above the sign to feast on Christ by faith. We've come with starving hearts and thirsty souls, satisfied by grace. Jesus, you made us whole. Jesus, you made us whole. Starving hearts, we've come starving hearts and 
thirsty souls satisfied by grace Jesus you made us whole Jesus you made us whole and as we take it in body and blood new you're making us new by your steadfast Friends, as we close off this service and get ready to sing our last song, just a reminder that you can stay on for some prayer. Um, or you can, after the song, you can just kind of log off. And um, I'll try to remember to unmute everyone right after uh, the go in peace so you can at least say goodbye. Um, hear these words and respond to them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Let us go forth to serve the world as those who love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Good morning, City Life, Sacramento. That's going. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence? that our souls to him belong who holds our days within his hand what comes apart from his command and what will keep us to the end the love of christ in which we stand sing hallelujah oh sing
who stands above the stormy trial, who sends the waves that bring us nigh unto the shore, the rock of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, sing. peace or stay on the call for the prayer time. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Good to see you all. Hey, Zuzu. <laughs> Hi, Jay. I was thinking of you and Leah the other day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Mabel. Hi, Mabel. Mabel, you're awesome. Thank you. Hey, I'm awesome. Loving you, Sue. Somebody else is awesome. Everybody's awesome. Still homeless. Everybody's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
Aaron, you're right. really good, man. Does it see my name? Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, hey, there you are, up in the corner. Hey, how's it going? Beard. I know. I didn't know. Hey, yeah. I, I've never been able, I've never done it before, so. Wow, congrats. You make it look easy. Yeah, really. Thanks. Natural. about two, two and a half months. Yep. Yeah. And you guys are in the mountains. Yeah. How, how's it up hey. there? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No reply. Yeah. yeah. They can't hear you in the mountains. You gotta I talk think louder. So. Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> okay. We're yeah. looking at them, but they can't see that we're looking at them. <laughs> oh, we're still recording. Let's see. Oh. Recording this? Gotcha. Gotcha, everyone. There we go. Stop recording.